Potems up, everybody. Hey, it's Fred, the grassy troll, coming at you for Epi 1-7, the big 1-7. Which is actually our 18th episode. Is it? Yes. Why? 12.5. Oh! <laughs> oh, God, now I'm going to be screwed up. <laughs> You're forcing me to do ciphering, like Jethro Bodine. <laughs> So hey. what are you going to say next week? <laughs> I'm not. We'll hand it over to Nobbs. We'll let him handle it. He's the brains of the operation. For oh, sure. We're doomed. Anyways, how you doing, Nobbs? I'm good. Good to be here. Yeah, Blotto? Excellent. All right. It's good to be together again. This is so much fun. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. Try it. You'll like it. It's the highlight of my week. Oh. Wow. Are you saying that? <laughs> Sad little life you have. <laughs> But are you telling more people they should get into podcasting? No, no, no. We'll smear you. We'll wipe oh. you out. <laughs> yes. Our, As we've our, done to many others. Our millions of followers. <laughs> All righty. Okay, well, uh, I would normally say, Fred, what's in the treasure trove today? Well... And normally you would, and normally I would tell you, but I'm going to throw it back at you because we have special circumstances. Uh, we do, we do. Um, so for listeners of many shows, they know that we always uh, uh, do reviews and our tasting of Michigan craft brews. And that's because we are trying to support the local economies and the local small businesses in Michigan. Yes. But... Uh, Every once in a while, we will get beer that is provided to us from a listener. And this listener happens to be in Pennsylvania. Um, he also happens to be a relative. <laughs> <laughs> but he has provided the Pottoms Up crew here today with some terrific craft beers from the Philadelphia area. Nice. And uh, so I thought, you know, if we're going to ask our listeners... You know, for beer, right? Or we're going to ask breweries to send us beers to, to, that we can review. Which we are asking. Yes. <laughs> yes. We make, can't, make we can't just clear. say we have to be from Michigan is kind of what yes. I'm saying, right? So we, we will continue to spend our dollars on Michigan beer. Yep. But um, if someone's spending their dollars, they can, they can be from anywhere they want to be. That's right. I hear Timbuktu's um, got some great breweries, so... Tim Buck Brew. Tim Buck Brew. <laughs> like oh, it. yeah. Let's Ooh. Quick with the puns. Yep. Um, all right. So uh, he he sent them to me this week, and I don't know if he included this beer uh, or not. I, I, the, the stylist beer, you know, in thinking about how we have struggled with coconut flavored beer. <laughs> yes, we have. I feel like this is a troll. Uh, it could be. <laughs> he, he's, he's pretty sharp. Um, Anyway, so he, he sent us uh, beers from the Chamonix Creek Brewing uh, in Croydon, Pennsylvania. And the first one we're going to try out is a coconut mud bank milk stout. We jump back into the coconut. Um, but I did. I, I'm, I am glad he sent us a stout because the last couple of reviews have been on the lighter side. We haven't had a dark beer. I think we've gone through four lighter varieties, mm. at least in color over the last couple. So, um, so I thought we'd start off here with this... Uh, this mud bank milk stout coconut, and we expect it to be very coconutty. It's seven point two alcohol, and we don't have the IBU, so 
you know, stouts aren't typically very hoppy, but some can be, right? I don't, I don't think there's a rule. Pours thick and smooth. Um, thin head, tiny bubbles. Tiny bubbles. Mmm. Oh. Looks nice. Mmm, boy, it smells good. It smells really good. Does it smell like coconut? Whoa, whoa, whoa. And it just fits in there. Wow. Right to the top. That's, that's definitely that's a pint. 20 ounces or whatever. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. That smelled like we, we've done <laughs> oh, oh, right over the Well, we did that. No, we did that before. Oh, my. I taste mm. coconut. <laughs> we've got coconut. Wow, do we have coconut. We've got some mm. coconut. <laughs> I think the coconut from all the, like the previous ones <laughs> yeah. are actually in this one. <laughs> you know, they, yeah, they this misplaced is, them. This is a mound bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, what's the other one? Almond Joy. Well, I don't, yeah, the, the mound bar is without the almonds, right? But yep. I taste the chocolate. I taste the coconut. Mm-hmm. So the description uh, called out a few things. It also said that it had breadcrumbs. <laughs> breadcrumbs coffee uh, in a liquid form with. Uh, tropical chocolate, and then of course, coconut. The cocoa nut. And coconuts aren't nuts, are they? No. Uh-uh. Wow. Um, it's a nice bedtime beer. It's good. I like. I like <clears throat> you so far. It's very chocolatey. I mean, it, it's 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 like you say. You, you mentioned the Mounds Bar. It it is almost chocolatey, sweet like. A mm-hmm. candy bar, mm-hmm. but but we we know that will fade as we start getting through the drink. Um, but to me, it's malty and smooth. Um, so <clears throat> uh, so far, that would be a, a, a for me for me. But we can, we can go around at the end of the uh, segment to see where we're all at. What do you think, Nobs? Any first impressions? I think it's a well-made beer. Um, I'm not. That a- is like one of the best, most professional critiques. Yes. That <laughs> any of us have ever said. Like that sounded legit. <laughs> well, if I'm, if I'm going to be grading it based on yeah. what the brewer wanted to make it and what they label it as, I think they succeeded in that. Okay. But I don't like coconut. I don't, <laughs> I don't like coffee. <laughs> All these times we've tasted coconut beer, we complain there's no coconut. <laughs> and I'm over here like, yeah, I'm not bad. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, okay, well, we'll see how it goes. All right. All right. And as for me... I like it. My first impressions is at this point it's uh, for me, but uh, we'll wait till we get down to the half a glass uh, point before we make a decision. But I like it. Yeah, definitely I like it. And we got coconut, so I'm pretty happy about that. We do. And I, I think I'm on my third or fourth sip already. It's already starting to mellow out. Yep. Yeah, and it isn't quite as sweet chocolatey as it was the first yes. sip or two. So. As, as Lefty always says, slap you in the face. You know, it'll be interesting. I'll have to get uh, Keystone's impression. You know, he'll he'll be he'll be in town uh, somewhere around April 11th or something. Uh, maybe we can work a sit-in for him. Sure, absolutely. You know, it'll cost us a glass, though. Ah, well. <laughs> He provided this. This is true. So, Seems you know, he kind of greased the skids. So yes. We, we yeah. kind of work a little quid pro quo here. We'll do it like they do in Washington. 
And it's not a bribe. No. Okay. So you got a meme of the week? For I do. What I you do. Got? Okay. So Start us out. Let's see. What I, I, you know, we've, we've kind of been drifting from some of the political memes, and, you know, I still want to keep it poignant. So I kind of went back to one of those this week. Uh, this was uh, in the New Yorker cartoon. Uh, it just shows a couple of kids uh, in the playground, and they're opening up their boxes of Cracker Jacks. And uh, the kid, the caption says, "Cool, I got an official White House security clearance." <laughs> <laughs> so a little cheesy, but very apropos. That is one of those things where I always say. There's truth and humor. Always. Yes. Mm-hmm. Always. And right there, there's a lot of truth and humor. Well, I did not do a uh, political one this week again. I went for a chuckle instead. Actually, I did have a political one, but I realized I fell short with the information. So I'll, I switched to this one. You, you've heard I didn't catch all of that, but I'll go with you. Well, I, I thought there you didn't need to explain. I won't. I'll stop. <laughs> I'll move on to what I have. I'll go with what I have. Anyways, uh, you've heard that if you suspect you're having a stroke, you've heard the, the fast. term Think yeah. Fast, yeah. the acronym F-A-S-T. This one says, if you suspect a stroke, think fast. F, Facebook, announce your suspicions. <laughs> A, ask for thoughts and prayers. S, Search Google for your symptoms and tea. Try lavender oils. <laughs> uh, I thought that was funny. Uh, that is, uh, there's a whole lot of stuff in there, you know. That's yes, the, there is. You, you, you could take each one of those and break it down and say, this is what's wrong with society, which would include us. Okay, a couple of fact checks from last week. We were talking about the bill slash resolution that the house was passing yes yes we're uh, and it is officially uh, called a resolution of disapproval now it, it what's interesting is it does kind of make it law right if they were to have passed it or if it does pass but it won't i mean it'll get vetoed it, it is kind of you know law abiding that the president would have to stand by it but technically it is called a resolution of disapproval I just thought it had to do with that terminology. It was almost like they're just wanting to put their feelings on the record, that kind of thing. But I understand what you're saying about this, though. Yeah. Um, The other um, thing I noted here from last week was we we talked about, you know, does this mean that Alan Weisselberg has to be brought in, uh, in front of the oversight committee you thought that he had been invited. He has not been formally invited. So they have talked about it, but so far they have not invited him. And since the time that I took this note, I don't know that um, that has changed. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think this is where, you know, we the people have to keep pressure, however means we can, on the politicians to say, you know, we're not going to... The, the Cohen show shouldn't have been just a show, right? right? And, you know, Nader's doing the right things, right? I mean, he, he and, and it's, it's, it's going to get really interesting because so far out of these 81 people, any of them that have at least come to the media have said, I'm not pro- providing anything. And, you know, then again, the people have to put the pressure on Nader. Nadler. 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 Yeah, you know? Start throwing subpoenas out there. Start throwing summons out there. 
Do you, do you think it's going to happen that way? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I hope so. I I hope so. Um, the other the other one uh, that uh, caught my ear was uh, we were stumped on the majority whip, the second in command at the Senate. And that is John Thune, Republican. I would have never guessed that. It, it just kind of shows you McConnell runs it, right? I, I mean, you know, I, I mean, even with when when the Republicans owned the House, it was you know Ryan and um, the guy from California. Now I'm drawing a blank. Say Nunes? No, Kevin McCarthy. Oh yeah. You know, uh, but yeah, I would have not known that it was John Thune, and you know, I had to look. So up he's basically picture. useless, right? Yeah, well, they're all useless. <laughs> um, I mean, with the, 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 being second in command to the turtle means you're nothing in command, really. I, I think, you know, he, he's just part of the posse that stands behind McConnell. <laughs> Mr. Photo Op guy. <laughs> but how, how many times have you seen that picture of McConnell standing there and then these suits behind him, right? And it's always the same, like, four guys. Uh, Thune you know, must be one of them. And Thune's, Thune's, Thune's the one that I probably can't name because there's... Uh, Cornyn, John Texas. Yeah, and uh, and then the guy with the glasses and the big proboscis. <laughs> the big what? Proboscis. What's that? It's that thing on your face, Fred. Beard? No. <laughs> you don't know what a proboscis is? You? No, no, I don't. It's your nose. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Didn't. I've never heard it called that. <laughs> Nobs, did you know what a proboscis was? Yeah, of course. Okay, okay thank you. <laughs> I'm laughing along with you. Bottom, bottom, bottoms up. Two out of three. <laughs> I'm not bottoming up that for nothing. <laughs> you weren't invited. I know, obviously. Right, you got, you got a proboscis would have been in the way. You got to brush up on your Latin anatomy. <laughs> oh, gosh. Fact check. Is that Latin? I bet you it is. Uh, probably. Yeah. Okay, um... And then the other thing, it's really not a fact check, but I threw this in here because I wanted to have a little fun with it and see how quick we are, which is, you know, for our audience, they know that this could be very painful. We were talking about we need a new word for absurd because I must have used that four times in last week's conversation because of just, you know, the, again, absurdity of what happens in the political world today. So I put together a list of synonyms for absurd. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of them. There, there's a lot, of, a lot of them. So then I thought, well, but we want a new word, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe we, it takes a combination of some of these words. Like, you know, you know, so American slang now has things like, you know, absolutely, right? And uh, uh, what's uh, another one I'm trying to think of? Uh, uh, Chillax. Uh, what's it? oh chill and relax chill and relax exactly okay so so all these synonyms I thought if we want to come up with a new word that describes the the Trump administration or the political scene today so for instance I was thinking you know uh, there's batty and there's ludicrous it's bat ludicrous <laughs> <laughs> you know whatever word we want to use to describe just how crazy things could possibly be right. You know, well, I was looking through your list and and I thought preposterous. That's a good one. You don't hear it that often, but now you're talking about combining them. Think, hmm, how about freak posterous? Freak posterous. <laughs> it's beyond preposterous. It's freaky <laughs> preposterous. Freak posterous. Anyway, 
Thought it was. There's some good ones there. Uh, I don't know how if they're going to come to mind when we get to those parts in the podcast, but <laughs> we'll try. I'm sure Absurd is just going to keep blurting out. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah, I'm going to go with Freak Posturous. Freak Posturous. It's beyond pre. You know, preposterous means it's. Is there postposterous? I thought. Preposterous. Yeah, that would right? be four. Before it happens. I don't think that's what it means, but. Hmm. Again. Inconceivable. Uh, so, a couple things this week. I don't know if we wanted to tackle them all, tackle a few, how, kind of where you wanted to start on this. The one that I think is just hilarious, and I. I I don't really think it means all that much. I really don't. But it does. It's the head scratcher of this week. It's freak posturous. <laughs> and that is this photo. Emphasis on the freak. <laughs> it's this photo that has emerged of Trump hanging with the sex trafficker from the massage parlor that they busted crap. I mean, who are these people? What? What a small circle of billionaires and and, and masseuses, <laughs> you know. Uh, I at, at first I thought when I first saw saw the photo, I thought, okay, they were at the Super Bowl together in Kraft's booth, or he provided the tickets. That's what I first thought that it was. That's what I thought it was too. Right, but no, she was at Mar-a-Lago. You know, it's funny because when that when when that broke about Kraft and it was in Florida, I was like, yeah. "How far is that from Mar-a-Lago?" Ah. <laughs> like I just had a feeling that it was going to come out that it was all connected. Well, you go shoot around a golf and head, <laughs> get a massage. I'll do the rub and tug. The rub and tug at the at the Orchids of Asia oh, spa. God. Now, now, you know, just to make sure we got our facts straight and all this stuff. This 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 woman sold this spa ten years ago. I, I, that, does that mean she's out of the business? <laughs> you, you know, I, I mean, there, there's still too much connection there, you know. And I, I don't know how one gets into Mar-a-Lago. I, I'm, I'm sure money can buy you into Mar-a-Lago. But if you were paying the minimum, do you need like an invite? Do you have to know someone? You know, money can't buy you into Augusta, per se, right? You have to get a sponsor. Um, so... <laughs> Maybe, maybe well, Kraft sponsored her. <laughs> let's think who owns Marlon. Yeah, right. I know it's. I mean, it could be a number of bizarre ways to get in there. I mean, it, it can't be anything normal or standardized. <laughs> you just know it isn't. Come do, on. Do you have a Big Mac? <laughs> That's right. Do you own a McDonald's? You're in. I mean, something mm-hmm. obscure like that. Mm-hmm. I just. Uh, how how those worlds collide between Kraft and then this lady and then and then Trump all in the same month, <laughs> in the same month. And that I'm not surprised at all. In the fact that Dopey, as he's in the picture, he's smiling like, yeah, a dope. You know, it's like he knows who he's in the picture with. He's got to know who they are. And, and yet he's just smiling away. It's like no big deal. Any other president would probably run for the hills and not want to be even 
right picture right. like that, but not this guy. Right. Just, or or it would be an easily talked away picture because they're not part of your club. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now a little bit more reading on her. She's, you know, a political hanger on, so you know, she just might have been that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know that there's more to the story, you know, but I I, I think now your observation is, hey, how far away is that from Marilago? Yeah. It's really is is really astute, but um, you know, well, I, I she, she she has she has money and she's just wants photo ops. That, that's that's my impression. It, it sounded like by like the articles that you shared with us that she definitely is into finding herself in the orbit of all these big name yeah. politicians. And they mentioned uh, the guy who's the governor of uh, Florida. And oh, Rick Scott. Rick Scott yeah. was one of them, and that. Uh, that jackass congressman from Florida that's been in They're trouble. All no, no, no. Well, the one that's been in trouble lately for threatening Cohen. Uh, oh, uh, Jim Jordan? No, 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 no. The guy from he's from Florida. He was the one that threatened uh, Cohen. Gates. Uh, Gates. Yeah. Mm. There's a picture of him with this lady. You know, it's just right. It's hilarious to see the the swamp come to life through this lady's uh, iPhone. How much money did she make? I don't know. I mean, you look at like she these, seems to be in their inner circle. You all look at the these time. like Asian massage parlors. You don't think that they're making millions, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's the clientele. Yeah, well, maybe. I mean, well, well Kraft Kraft is gone. Bucks, but he only paid a hundred bucks. <laughs> it was hilarious to me that he was there the day of the NFC Championship game. What was he stressing <laughs> out? And he had to, he had to go to this place. Uh, that, that's a whole other conversation of like, why do the super rich want to do that? You know, I mean, there's a there, there's there's a really negative side to it that basically says it's just about dominance and humiliation of these, you know, women that are forced into this kind of servitude, and and so that's a really dark angle to look at it, and there's probably something there to it. But if you weren't taking that angle, you're just saying, why does a guy like Kraft? Who could have, you know, the most expensive call girls that he wanted for as many nights as he wanted, you know? He's not married to that little actress. I think it's just a girlfriend. But, I know nothing about that. Yeah, no, no. He, he's, <clears throat> he, he's, he, he's got a gal that's, you know, a third his age and, you know, a fine-looking gal. But, but, you know, so why would you still do it, you know? Because you can't. Yeah. Because you can, but it goes a little but deeper than that. Because you can, it's 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 almost like again, you can humiliate somebody else. You know, if I'm going to get the rub and tug, it's not because I'm trying to humiliate somebody else. <laughs> not that I ever have. Okay. <laughs> um, but that really wasn't the biggest news of the week, was it? I mean, I, I, I sidebar was just kind of kind of fun because yeah we got to keep it light sometimes <sighs> the stuff can get so dark and you know foreboding but every once in a while it's fun <laughs> the dark the clouds the storm clouds are coming thunderheads are gathering <laughs> thunderstruck i <laughs> <laughs> gotta lighten it up every once in a while but what was the big news this week uh fred well, the manafort sentencing uh, was a bit of a shocker uh, to say the least I, I thought I, I I misheard it so when I first heard about the 
the sentence he was handed, I was in the car, uh, turned on MSNBC, whatnot, and I heard him mention 47 months, and I thought, well, that's just like the beginning, right? <laughs> like, like I, did I understand that correctly? Because it didn't, you know. And, and then as I quickly started to follow up on it, it was, um, you know, freak posturous. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it's what people, you know, it was the 47 months. Plus time, or less time served. I think it was nine months. So, uh, yeah, yeah. There, there was something else they also figured in there, and I had heard that he actually is looking at like thirty-one. When all is said right. and done, he's right. going to serve thirty-one months for this. Something, something along those lines. Yeah. I don't know. At first, I, I just, I'm like you, man. Jaw hit the ground. I'm like, you gotta be kidding. I mean, that's absurd. Yeah. But it's the the whole white collar thing, and yeah, well, it's. It, I'm kind of glad that this is has come up this way with such a high profile case, and other high profile cases have come up before. But it, it shines a light on the absurdity of the criminal justice system that we have today, and how uh, incongruous it is, right? Because. Um, you know, there there are lots of examples out there of people that got a lot more time for a lot less. And, and then there's the examples of, well, based on similar kinds of crimes, Manafort might be within that scope. So how do you reconcile all that, right? And the only way to reconcile it is, yeah, there's injustice, that it is not applied equally to all people. Yep. That, that's the only way that you can you I I don't know you know it's white collar crime and ripping off the American public that should be held to a higher standard and therefore a greater punishment than you know the the local drug dealer with you know two rocks in his pocket right I mean I mean who is more harmful to society? Who was more harmful to society? You know, you know, was it, um, uh, you know, you know, the woman that got five years for uh, uh, voting when she shouldn't have, right? Whether she did it on a purpose, or uh, you know, the, the folks that cl- caused the financial collapse of two thousand eight. Did any of them go to jail? No, not a single one. No, I mean, I, I mean, going back to Enron, there were some people that went to jail, right? But since then, not really much has happened in terms of, of white collar crime. Those guys that that caused all that in two thousand eight. Yep, those guys should have all mm-hmm. been in prison for a long, long time. Not a single one of them went to prison. There was no, there was not even an investigation in terms of the criminality of think, what they think did. They lost their positions, and I think mm-hmm. that once the government bailed everybody out, they got yep. huge bonuses out of it in the back end. It's like, yep. what the F? I mean, how does that even occur? Yeah. I was When I was thinking about this case, you know, the, the judge talked about how he, he didn't want to serve, uh, again, I think it was a drug offense, 40 years for methamphetamine, right? Same judge. Gave 40 years to a, a meth dealer and said that it was wrong, that he shouldn't do this. But he had to because of minimum they sentencing guidelines. They said it was the minimum sentence, right? 
you, you know, you also wonder if you have minimum sentencing guidelines, you know, sh should you have maximum sentencing guidelines? So therefore, you know, that doesn't take place, right? I mean, I, I, I don't really know, but I, I don't, I, I suppose there are maximum sentencing guidelines out there. But if Mueller was asking for too much, then maybe a, a max would have stopped that, right? So Mueller asked for 20, 19 to 24, I believe. Right, that's what it was. You know, and this judge felt like four was the right number. The most alarming thing about this case, was, or, or about the sentencing, was the discrepancy, right? Judges don't always follow prosecutors' recommendations. That You know, their job is to put people in jail, but um, it's usually not, uh, you know, what is it, less than 20% of what they're recommending. I mean, it's, it, it, he didn't have to go with Mueller's recommendations. So then that got me thinking, well, were Mueller's recommendations too high? And, and maybe, the, you know, there should be maximum, you know, maybe the maximum that, that Mueller was seeking wasn't high enough. I, I don't, what I'm saying is I don't know if 24 years was right for Manafort or not. A lot of people are expecting... 10 to 12. Right. That would have been a good back off by the judge, where if, right. if he thought the 19 to 24 was a bit steep, eh, back it off to around 10 or a nice even dozen, and that probably would have been appropriate for what happened, mm -hmm. all things considered, you know. And, you know, another thing, though, to consider is you were talking about the methamphetamine thing. That breaking that law there is a minimum that you're going to get right which, which is 40 years now with the manafort thing it's recommended there is no minimum for what those guys are doing and there probably should be so there's there's a lot of inequality you got the guy selling drugs right. on the corner he's getting 40 years minimum in getting back to how how much is he affecting society versus a guy like manafort well, you know, I, I think there's there's two ways to look at that. The guy selling drugs on the corner, collectively, that culture is hurting society. Right, right. right. But individually, they're not. And so, you know, the America's you know starting Ronald Reagan's you know w war on drugs was to let's punish everyone that we can catch, seriously punish everyone that we can catch, and use that as a deterrent to get people from. Stop buying, selling, and using drugs. Of course, it was a huge fail. That didn't happen. It doesn't right? work. It doesn't work. So, you know, it's time to kind of abandon that and say, okay, that doesn't work. But on the other hand, you know, when we look at individuals that siphon out 60 to $100 million of taxpayer money, that's affecting a whole lot of people. Absolutely. Dude. You know, that's not affecting just, you know, what that drug dealer does. Now, again... And, and and the thing that I have, uh, I think we've talked about this before on a, on another episode was, if we haven't, we'll make a show about it. <laughs> is one of the things that that Trump's election has done in my mind, it 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 has cast a light on just how corrupt the white collar world is, and that so much of it is not investigated. It it and and, and it's because we put our resources, our criminal justice resources towards the wrong things. 
And, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to get those kinds of, of investigations, white collar, white collar and, and high financial crimes investigated, prosecuted, and then, you know, go through the court system. They got big time lawyers on the other side. It's very, very costly for both the government, you know, and the accused, but versus, oh, you know, here's a drug dealer. Let's just throw him in jail and... He can't defend himself. He can't defend himself. It's an easy mark. And they're going to give him a plea, so it's not going to tie up the the court system for other cases, and that's just what happens. And I think that, uh, you know, the Southern District has always been known for going after these white-collar guys, but, you know, there should be, what, 30, 50 Southern Districts, right? I mean, you know, there, there should be one in every state that's looking at, you know, federal white collar crimes that that, uh, that are taking place all around the country, siphoning money out of the system. That's really what it all comes down to, in my mind. Well, yeah, they're they're those guys are just looking for ways to pad their wallet and not pay taxes. Yep, that, that's what it comes down yep. to, and and they get away for away with it because they can't afford the high powered lawyers and and you know what. In all the articles that you threw our way in your uh, research, which we appreciate. <laughs> I know all this stuff off the top of my head. Uh, but the the one thing in that one article said that... This was you, a, uh, the Atlantic article, I believe. I think so. When you get these high-profile white-collar crimes, they're in high-level courts. Yep. And these judges sort of empathize they can relate they can relate yes. to that i guess it's the social economical status of the criminal and so they they tend to be less harsh on yeah, no no there's a there's a there's a bias built into everybody and how you control that bias is important right but you know one of the um darkest acts aspects of racism i would say you know it's a it's and it really what is what is true racism is, you know, people can say, you know, I can't be a racist. Some of my best friends are black, right? I mean, it, those, those kind of silly statements. It, it's really about do you see people of color as equals? And when you have an affluent judge that runs in the political class and he's on the bench and his world is a high-dollar you know, pay-to-play world, right? Not not in a bribery way, but, you know, access, right? Sure. And that's his yep. world. And then uh, a, a, a poor black kid comes in front of him, and, you know, it's his second or third drug offense. I don't think, minimum sentencing aside, it's not, it's not beyond belief to say that judge just looks at him and says, I don't really care about that kid. Drag of society. Waste him. You know what I mean? Lock him up, and I'm not even going to think twice about it. He looks at Paul Manafort in a way that says, I could be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, had I taken that bribe, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had I done those things, had I taken that, but I could be that guy. And, you know, all he's trying to do is just make a lot of money, I guess. I mean, it, but it's a it's an unconscious bias. I, I, I don't know how much is, is conscientious. Here's how you fix that. Diversity, right? That's how you fix it. Not just diversity from uh, 
you know, the affluent classes, because there is that kind of diversity, but, but you also have to have diversity from lots of socioeconomic areas. And then how do you do that, right? You do that through all kinds of government programs and, and, and ways to help the, the, the poor become judges. Yeah. Right? So now all of a sudden, you know, the, the black kid that comes in front of a judge you know, he relates differently to that than, 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 than the, the, the rich white judge uh, who went to Harvard Law looks at Manafort. Well, you know, a, a good example. Just, this is all very big picture. Just talking about the way these higher rate, um, higher sitting judges relate to these white collar criminals. That, that comment that Judge Ellis said, beside him doing all these bad things with all this money and all these mm-hmm. all these crimes outside of that his life was pretty much pious yeah yeah i, I don't yeah. remember the wording of it right. it's like are you effing kidding me this guy is pi- he spent the last 10 15 years following any sniffed out trail where he could turn money <laughs> big money up even if it was against the united states yeah absolutely he's over in with uh, the ukrainians with the <laughs> russians um I, I don't even know the other countries he was involved in but th- that comment right there is that the judge made i i can't remember the wording of it yeah but it's it's like well the rest of his life he's proved that he's this upstanding guy no he hasn't yeah he he is awful. He's an awful human being, self-centered, and only after the money. And he doesn't care what it takes to get there. And, and here's how it perpetuates itself. So if you have that bias built into the system from investigation to prosecution to judges and sentencing that favor people like Paul Manafort or white-collar rich, then that sets precedent so then when the judge looks at sentencing and says, well, none of these other rich white guys got 19 years. Why would I give? It, it, you know, so that, that precedent is bullshit because it's precedent on all the things we we're talking about. Right, it's, right. As a matter of fact, think about now the Paul Manafort precedent. Yeah. He set precedent for the next white rich guy. I mean, I mean look at uh, Epstein, right? As it, wow. Yeah, Epstein. Uh, yep, Barry? Yeah. What's his first name? Who cares? Right? The the rapist. He, he got a sweetheart deal. 13 months? Uh, with, like, basically... He'd go nothing. to work every six out of seven yeah. days a week. Yeah. And really admitted to very little, even yeah. for those 13 months, right? And everything else was sealed. But, you know, that becomes the precedent for others to, you know... But if, you know, you're somebody else who has that kind of trouble and you don't have that kind of money that precedent doesn't apply it just occurred to me though that you're you know, really precedent it seems weird precedent can seems to apply on demographic and not on case oh yeah yeah that's 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 effed up <laughs> that's really effed up yeah and, and, and there is one thing that you've kind of glossed over and haven't put much emphasis on with the Manafort thing. Mm-hmm. And I think this carries as much weight as anything else in this conversation. Gout. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, he's that, gout. That, that, he's that takes gout. off six years right there. <laughs> if you have gout, okay, we're going to take your, we're going to take the recommended sense. And if you got gout in, in your left foot, 
Okay, that's four years. You got gout in your left, your right foot. That's another two years. You're, you're, and you're, you're in a and you're in a wheelchair. Oh, forget about it. Forty-seven <laughs> months. Step right up. <laughs> gout factor. <laughs> you know he's got another one coming up. Uh, Wednesday or Thursday? Yeah, you know, I think the hopefuls. You think are looking, she's gonna shit? Well, I think the hopefuls are looking for ten years, the max, and, and not concurrent. And right, but I don't know that's gonna happen. You know what I think she's gonna do? I think she's gonna split the difference and make it not concurrent. I think because he's getting the forty-seven months, I think she's gonna give him five, and it's gonna be on top of right. So, so, so she's gonna so give him ten. Give him, well, but, take, but 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 time served for the yeah, for the other one. I, I think five. what's going to end up happening is going to have his forty-seven, and she's going to tack on five. You know, in in the end, when mm-hmm. it all works out numerically, it's going to be about nine or ten years, which will be fine. But then there's the pardon, so it won't matter. It'll be a moot point. I do believe there will be a pardon. This will be freak prosperous. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> Bat ludicrous. Bat ludicrous. <laughs> Uh, I believe there will be a pardon. Mm-hmm. So do I. You know, and, and the only solace I take in that is he's already spent a pretty lousy nine months in jail. <laughs> right? I mean, You'd I mean, nice. <laughs> I, no, I mean, nine months in jail would suck a lot. Isn't he in uh, solitary? He was in solitary. Can yeah. you imagine what solitary is for this guy, though? He's probably got a TV. He's probably got a I, bark I a lounger. No, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, I doubt that. Ice machine. I I think those kind of uh, typical federal prison tropes are not very realistic. I I think federal prisons. Okay, they might be better than you know Jackson Hole, but again, he's got gout. <laughs> Goes back to the gout. <laughs> think about it. They've got a you know. They've got a. No, I don't, think, I don't want to think about Paul Manafort's gout, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough of him. Yeah. <clears throat> what else you got? What else you got? Uh, well, it, you know, it kind of parlays, right? Mm-hmm. The, the House and the Democrats pass a bill to try and stop corruption. And really, when you look at Paul Manafort and Donald Trump and other players, you know, Wilbur Ross, it's all about corruption with these people. And so the House Democrats come up with H.R. 1, anti-corruption uh, voter bill, whatever it is. There's so much in there. It's an awesome bill. It's, I think, sim- it's symbolic that it's H.R. 1, too. Uh, yeah. I, I thought to myself, wasn't that one taken already? <laughs> well, I thought they did some other legislation. I'm like, how does this become H.R. 1? But it is. Like, don't you think HR one would have been seventeen seventy eight? I think it's with, I think it's with the the Congress, the new Congress coming in. So, oh, do you think the numbers change with each Congress? Yeah, that's why it's HR one. It's it's I didn't whatever know they that. had number. What are they two hundred eighty? I don't know. Whatever. whatever, whatever number. But yeah, it's their first bill. Ah, yeah, yep. That makes sense. Okay. okay. Um. You know, there's a ton in that bill. It definitely leans progressive. I don't know if there were any parts of that bill that I wouldn't be in favor of. I mean, I kind of looked at a lot of it, and, and to me, it it, it rings true. Um, and, of course, the vote in the House went strictly party line. Right? I was kind of surprised by that. 
I um, thought there might be a couple defectors. I did too. On principle, but nah. Don't. It shows you where it's at, right? Yeah. It shows you where Washington's at. That you know, you you could, you know, you could pass a bill that said, you know, people shouldn't murder people anymore, and the Republicans would still be against it. Upon their principles, correct? <laughs> I don't know what those principles are. Yes, you do. <laughs> Uh, uh, so I, you know, sort of looking at the bill and what's in the bill, and I, I, again, it's not getting into the weeds of the, the mechanisms of, of those provisions, but just on the surface, all of these different items that they have in the bill seem very mm-hmm. worthy of discussion and debate. And you know, one of the things that I know the Democrats have talked about, the Republicans talked about it only in talk. Uh, you know, without really meaning it, and that is regular order, right? Doing bills the way that they're supposed to be done. Committee, debate, and then vote. You know, or I should say there's uh, amendments, right? Committee, debate, amendments, and then final vote. That's what it's supposed to be. But um, I, I don't know how much of that took place because I think the Republicans were just, we're not, we're not voting for whatever you put out there anyway. And... Uh, you know, so, so maybe some of the um, items in the bill m- might be, uh, you know, not possible. Like when you when you get into, okay, how are you going to make that happen? But where was the debate? And I think the Republicans just walk away, walked away from the debate. So as you look at this is what the bill says, they're all good things, right? I, I, I mean, uh, the, the one that you mentioned earlier, the, the six to one. Yeah, it, they were initially they were talking that for, and I think this is based on small donations. That for every small donation, and I don't know what the limit is on that. Do you know? No. Okay. They I don't were, think there is. Okay. No. Oh, it was two hundred dollars. Oh, okay. It was two hundred dollars, I believe, and for every dollar they were going to match it with six dollars. And initially, I believe they were going to do it somehow out of taxpayer dollars. So, of course, they were getting jumped on right. by the Republicans about that. So they turned it around, and they said that six-to-one match is going to come out of fines against corporations for all the yep. shenanigans that they pull. And I, I thought that was a brilliant move. It's like, But how many Republicans did they get on board? Zero. I mean, that, that's the same kind of crap that they pulled with the ACA. They kept saying, you have to do this and this and this and this for us to support it. And then... Obama and the Dems watered down the ACA to meet all of those requirements, and then they still didn't get any Republicans to get in on it, purely on obstructionist reasons. And that's what this is, right? Yeah. That's a huge part of getting the corruption out of Washington is publicly funded uh, elections. Getting it back into the hands of the people versus corporations. Yep. Yep. Uh you know, they want to imp- impose new voter access mandates by state, basically saying, uh, you know, you've got to make it easier for people to vote. And again, I don't know what all of those were per state, but who can argue with the concept, right? Promoting the idea of more people voting, right? You know, re- requiring more dark money groups to not be dark money anymore. You know, where is your money coming from? I, 
the the Supreme Court has ruled that corporations are people, and therefore they are under the same rights of free speech, and money is speech. Fine, you want to go that way? You can't be in the closet. You can't be in the dark when you're doing it, right? Part of free speech is not being private, I don't think, is it? No. You know what part I've never understood about them saying a corporation is a person? Is that don't you and I, like if we want to contribute to a politician, isn't there like a limit like $2,000 or something like that? Yeah, something like that, yeah. But you know corporations are dumping truckloads. Well, what it is, it's all in packs. And then... And, and then the PACs get controlled by the candidates when they're not supposed to be. It's all it's all about the PACs, the 501Cs and all that shit. It's a, that, that's the problem. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they don't go directly to, to the candidate, into the candidate fund. There are hard limits on that. And, and I don't want to say it's difficult to break those laws, but you don't see much of that. It just goes into PAC money. Okay. Um, but then who controls the PAC is really the, the question, right? Uh, this one, I, I, you know, who doesn't want to have all of their presidential candidates have to um, expose their tax returns for for the last was it five years or ten? Ten, I believe. Yeah, I, I don't see a problem with that, and, and I'm not trying to be snarky because Trump won't mm-hmm. give up his. I don't see an issue with that because with the amount of power you're entrusting to this guy, we need to have transparency to understand. If this guy's beholden to somebody, if he's stable financially, you know... Okay, let me just play devil's advocate, okay? Please. But, uh, but I agree with you. Why just the president? Where Where does that stop? How many elected officials should be forced to uh, uh, release their tax returns to the public? Oh, Congress. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, U.S. representatives? Sure. You know? Yeah. And, then, and then the next kind of sticky area I think you get into is... What if there are things that the public finds that are illegal? So, Give me an example. Well, I, I don't know. Let's say, you know, Trump's tax returns are released and tax accountants and tax lawyers now have access to them. They're unrelated to Trump or the government. And then they, you know, point out things, well, that doesn't look right to me and that doesn't look right to me. What happens? What what happens then? Is it a matter of uh, okay? It goes back to the IRS. Okay, you pay the fine, you pay the late fee, you pay whatever you had to, or is it okay? Now you're disqualified. Like what 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 happens if we start releasing everyone's taxes and we find things wrong with them? Do we want to make that part of the law, or just then you know up to the public to then determine whether or not they get strung up hmm just taking it one step further no, you know yeah i get i get your point don't have yeah. an answer for you but i mean i, I get your I, point I, it's it's kind of like when when politicians do things that are against the law who is in charge of following it following up on that to make sure they don't so if you're a tax attorney and you see you know mitch mcconnell's taxes and you say hey this ain't right irs do something do we have faith that the IRS is going to do something? That's 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 the problem so often. There's no follow through. You you're you're the tax accountant. You can't hold McConnell accountable, right? Just using him as an example. 
<laughs> but you, but good choice. Yeah, has, has he ever has he paid every tax dollar he's supposed to? I nah. doubt. Right? So, but you know that that's you know all of these provisions and all these laws have to have something tied to them. You know, gerrymandering. I think it's a great idea to make it a federal um, policy that you can't gerrymander by uh, partisan means. Uh, but that one, you know, I think the states, many states, are doing a good job of it. And, and even some red states are addressing it. Not the reddest, but red states are. I think Virginia has addressed it. I think North Carolina has addressed it. You know, mandatory ethical code for the Supreme Court. <laughs> Gee, what <laughs> what spurned that? <laughs> and, I, and again, I think I, I don't know. Is that overreaching? Is that overreaching for the House to throw that into HR one? Is it is it too objective? Too objective? Or yeah, no, too subjective. I'm sorry. I was going to say too objective. So, yeah. oatmeal. Oatmeal. Coconut. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, close enough. Right? Coconut. Coconut. <laughs> is it too subjective? And I, I and I think there's more in there than just what I'm saying in, in terms of ethical code. But uh, you know, this one I think is funny. Uh, no more first class travel for federal office holders. That seems reasonable. They should have to deal with little Jeffrey throwing up on them like we have to if we honestly. Fred, this doesn't bother me. <laughs> this, this, this to me is one of those most overblown things in politics. I would absolutely expect Nancy Pelosi to fly first class. Mitch McConnell too. I'm not. I, when I found out that they're generally not flying first class, I thought, what? <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's my 20 years of corporate world, right? <laughs> You know, like if if you're running a corporation, you get to run. You this get gets to fly back to your relatability. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, Touche. <laughs> um, uh, see, I said nine months is hard time. I know. <laughs> Whoa. Take it easy. Whole nine months, huh? Why do I feel like all of a sudden uh, I'm the centrist in this? <laughs> but. But if you want to get the best of the best people, I think there have to be perks. You know that that's why you know the the, the best um, uh, you know management and CEOs take those big jobs, right? I mean, not only are they paid really well, but there's perks involved in that. And to me, flying first class in the scheme of uh, you know the, the Twenty trillion dollar budget that we have, or whatever, it's dropping the bucket. I, I'm just surprised that they don't. That when I first found out that they don't, and then there's some that do, and then they get in trouble if they do. It, just for me personally, it's one of those really low on the bar concerns because I, you know, like I said, in the corporate world, people fly first class. <laughs> you know, I, I don't get it. You know, but your next point, uh, the next point. Is uh, oh <laughs> yes, oatmeal. <laughs> Stopping members of Congress from using taxpayer money for sexual harassment and discrimination cases. How did they ever Fox Watch in the Hen House? How did they Fox Watch ever. in the Hen House? That's how. Fox in the Hen House. <laughs> Go ahead. What no, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> oh. 
I mean, what? How what did a, they ever allow that to happen? I mean, that's the most ridiculous. They're making the rules. I know it's hilarious. And that that one, I can point. There's Democrats who have violated this as well. I don't care if it's Democrat, or Republican. I don't either. But if you're involved in a lawsuit that is a personal lawsuit, right? It's not a matter of the office doing that. Now, if somebody wants to sue the government, then that becomes another thing altogether, right? But to settle on your behalf because of these, you know, indiscretions and and violations of other people's civil and human rights. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Well, there's a lot of things I don't quite understand that they get away with, but this one has always just boggled my mind. It's like, really? And there's, a harassment? <laughs> and, and there's a ledger, actually, for it. What do you mean by that? Like, they keep track. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, you, you can find out who, who has paid. That, that's, that, that, that was public knowledge when the last case came out. I think it was... Was it about Conyers? Wasn't he caught up in one? Uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. So remember that. The remember, was a, remember it was a big deal for a while. Like all, you know, it started with Franken, I think, and then it became a, and his was not within Congress. But then all these other um, stories started bubbling up about this person settled and this person settled and this intern settled and 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 whatever. There was a whole bunch of it happening, and that's where we discovered that this was taxpayer money that was. Putting an end to this. Bizarre. Uh, and, and again, why would someone vote against that? Unless it's your money. I mean, unless unless that money's helping you, right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they can relate. But all the Democrats voted for it. All the Democrats voted for it. All the Republicans voted against it. Mm. You know? And, and, and then, um, yeah, they, I also noted that they wanted to make Election Day a national holiday. Again, it's a total head scratcher to me. Why? What? What's the argument against making Election Day a national holiday? Make it easier for people to vote. Okay, but but yeah, I mean, no, no, I'm saying it doesn't. But that's make not it what the. Repu- I mean, what? Here's what they're gonna. Here's what they say, and I, I've kind of looked at this already a little bit. It hurts American productivity. It'll take a hit to the GDP by adding another holiday every time we add another national holiday it affects G- gdp in some little minute way so you'd be non-fiscally conservative by doing this right i, I guess i guess and, and are they the party of that anymore no of course not of course not it's rhetorical no. <laughs> and it's very base <laughs> so the house passes it and i McConnell says it's it's never going to see the floor. And do you know why he said? Did, did you hear his answer? Yeah, uh, why? He said because I'm not going to put it there. Why? That's what he said. I know, but no, he, he followed up one more time. Why wasn't he going to put it there? Power grab? I don't know. I'm, because he decides. That's what I'm saying. No, no, no they asked, yeah, they, I guess we're on the same page, but he, when they said, well, why aren't you going to put it on the floor? And he said, I decide what goes on the floor. That was his answer for not putting it on the floor. What a asshole. <laughs> Turtle asshole. I mean, and you know what's funny? I, I, I guess I respect, funny, I respect him more than maybe I ever have because he told the truth. His principle lies in himself. So in that respect, right, he does have some level of principle. It's not principles of the United States. It's not principles 
of the citizenry, right? His constituents. It's not principles. It's the principles of McConnell, and he sticks by those. I guess it, it wasn't a mealy mouth bullshit answer. He he told the truth for a change and just said because well, he, I'm not going to put it out there. He did mention power grab, and that was one of his characterizations. He said this was a democratic power, power grab. grab. I I don't. If provisions in that bill benefit. Democrats more than Republicans. That's only because that's where the will of the people or the corruption of the Republicans lie. It's there's nothing on the surface within each one of those provisions that is inherently democratic. Right. So, I, agree. I agree. So you know, for him to, to call it a democratic power grab just really shows you how weak and afraid they are. Uh, you know, it. it it's freak preposterous. <laughs> and he doesn't even have the citizens on his side. People like the bill 84%. Some poll I saw, 82, 84% approve of the bill. Why? Because they. I think everybody on both sides would like to see some corruption taken out of politics on both right. sides. Right. I mean, I mean, I mean. If you were in regular order, the Senate could have its own variation of the bill, or they could debate the parts of that bill, amend it, send it back to the House. I mean, you, you know, that is what's supposed to happen. Debate on bills is a, seems to be a thing of the past. You, yes, you never hear of it anymore. No, it's we're going to write a bill hidden in committee that the rest aren't going to see, and then we're going to whip count before we ever go public with the bill. Make sure we have enough to pass. If it's going to pass, we're going to bring it up. That's how bills... Yeah. Yeah. The old uh, uh, after-school... Uh, what, what, Schoolhouse what the, Rock? Schoolhouse Rock stuff. Yeah. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. <laughs> okay. So we got to stop him now. <laughs> no, and if going. I get as no, far as Capitol Hill, well, but then it's that, that, that off is to the White the way House with a lot of other bills. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Williams? Yeah. All right. Well, I can see that Canabs uh, is ready for another brew. I'm empty. All Something right. tells me we like these. Yeah. I'm liking it much, but we've got to move on. So let's see what else we got. Next up, then, from our listener and uh, fan, we'll call we'll call him a fan of Philadelphia is another beer from the Shamney Creek. So he sent a couple from the same brewery, but these are vastly different beers. This is an Imperial IPA called The Shape of Hops to Come. Uh, so we had the stout, now we go IPA. I think that these two variations of the beer should give us a really good idea of what this brewery is about, right? Kind of mm -hmm. going on the malty dark end and on the hoppy ale end. So... A um, couple of the stats, right, on this beer. Uh, boy, for an uh, IPA, 8.5 is pretty high, isn't it? Yep, I think we're going to have a so bitey little beer. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll crack them open and pour them up. I don't know if this place has a uh, establishment that, that he likes to frequent. Um, 
there's a slim chance that I might be heading out east uh, at the end of the month, but not likely. Um, but maybe I'll have them drag me over to the Neshaminy Creek Brewery to see what the place is all about. Love the color on it. It is a uh, it is a nice color. Yep, yep, very nice color. I poured a piss poor head. Well, no, I mean that's that's not bad. I mean, I think I did the best out of any of you. No, that's yeah. that's perfect. That's what you perfect. Did. I have nothing on mine. Bottoms right. up. Bottoms up, but boy, it just hit my nose even before it yeah. got to my lips. As soon as I was pouring it, it oh, was yeah. coming up. <laughs> uh, now, going back to what Jeezy told us about Imperials, it just meant that everything is a little bit more amped up, right? This one's a lot more amped up. <laughs> and I like some of the Imperial. And what's the other? Uh, double, right? Mm-hmm. So I like some of the Imperial and Double IPAs. Whew. This it, one. It goes to 11. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fitting because there's a band on the label. Oh, okay. So we have our first Final Tap reference on Bottoms Up. <clears throat> Took long enough. <laughs> wow. Big fan. Big fan. Big fan. Never Fred, you're, you, you took a sip already, I hope, right? Oh, this is mild and mellow. Oh, it is not mild. <laughs> Smooth and silky. <laughs> no. Yes, it is. No. Yes. Oh, yes, it is. No. No, nah. it's like someone stood over me and squeezed a grapefruit into my mouth. <laughs> I thought I was going somewhere else. <laughs> well, I want the visual to was be he, the same. Was he okay? Drinking tea. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. It is uh, got got the bitter factor for sure up front. Um, I don't know. To me, it it it's not too bad. I mean, but. Uh, I'm what do you mean too bad? I don't know what you mean by that. What do you mean? Because it sounds awful. <clears throat> it's not too bad. No, 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 no. I, I guess what I mean is it doesn't offend me. The bitterness doesn't okay. offend me because I'm an IPA person. So I like this. It, this is in my comfort zone. And, and in the grapefruit, heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> heck yeah. It's right up front. Yeah. This one. This is almost Axel hit you in the yes. face kind of. Yeah, it, yeah. It's right in that same... Uh, yeah. Wheelhouse. So now this is the one I I, I mentioned that I had earlier. So I'm kind of one up on you. Oh, okay. This so. is the one that I accidentally punctured <laughs> and was leaking all over my kitchen earlier today. So I had to drink it. Did, and, did you shotgun it? And I, you know that came up uh, that that came up uh, while while that little fiasco was happening. And again, like all beer, I finished it. <laughs> But good man, good man. Um, you know, th- those folks that were were with me in the house agreed with me, and you know they're they're not IPA drinkers, and it was a slap you in the face moment for everybody, and and yeah, it was it was the whiff, you know, too. Yeah, yeah. So as soon as I was pouring it, I was just getting that smell coming off of it. Uh, these are some angry hops on the can. They're really angry. <laughs> this band of of hops playing on the can. They look thunderstruck uh, to me. Um, I, I, I thought the, uh, not really. I think, uh, Are you let it go? <laughs> I, thought that, I, I thought their little paragraph on the can was good. Hey, baby, you never felt this good. Freedom through the liquid, and you wish you could take a sip. <laughs> Do a dance and get lost on a crusade. Jump on this hop train with destination unknown. We're all dressed up. We got nowhere to go. 
He said, angry hops. And that's what I taste here, are angry hops. Nah, I like it. I think it's I think it's pretty darn You know, good. I don't know if Keystone is a hoppy guy or a malty guy. So. He threw us a curve by sending these two uh, brews to us. So. He also sent a lager. Oh, three? Yeah, he sent mm-hmm. me three, yeah. Well, we should have had a third one for tonight. <laughs> Just because. The night is young. <laughs> uh we did comment earlier about the artwork on this can, mm-hmm. or, or maybe we were off the air we talked about it. Really cool artwork. Yes, I, I love the artwork on it. Um, I, I do, too. Yeah, so there's a theme that runs through the, all three. Yeah, the, so the, the third one that he sent me to is got to be from the, the, the same artist. Yeah, so this one is a bunch of hops, and they're in a band playing. And, it's kinda and they're angry, I'm telling they're you, they're very angry. angry. Yeah. And the first one is a bunch of cartoon coconuts, and they're doing a bunch of random stuff. Coconuts? Um, one's got I don't taste any coconuts. Well, there's coconuts and skulls, and they're drooling, and they're vomiting, and they're it's giggling. and the- dr- Drooling, tongues out, and yeah, it's all over the place. But um, Very tattoo-like, isn't that what you said? Oh, I think both labels are very Right, this, this artist probably does some ink, I'm guessing. This is like a new school tattoo artistry. I could definitely see these on the new school gang, for sure. Both of them. Yeah. Well, it's something to look up, because uh, we, we, we looked up the artist for Atwater. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, you mentioned that it's a nice theme running through the... Through the uh, it's like they have the same the artist for all of their cans. And, and I'm sure it's, a, it's, it's something it's to, 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 to Again, look probably up. a local artist to the area. and Probably, yeah. It's cool. I like yeah. it. I would say the beer itself uh, is probably somewhere between mad for me. Okay. It's a bit on the bitter side, but I tend to favor those. But maybe just a little (laughs) bit too high. Take it back just a notch or two. I was expecting it to be a little bit more mellow because that's what Jeezy was saying about the Imperials and the Doubles is because you amp up everything and not just the hops. And this one feels like just the hops are amped up to me. So. Uh, I will finish it, but I know where I stand. <laughs> it's a it's a, it's a slower conversion maybe than what what I was on track for prior to to this. I can't wait to get to get his take on it though. Well, this is for the maniacal IPA drinkers, yeah, just like the Axel, yes, like me. To, yeah. to me, this doesn't offend, bother at all. I, I'm good with this, but I understand. You're saying we we've already spent too much time on it. It's, <laughs> it's just a good IPA or an IPA. Is what you're saying? For me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for you, to, for you, not so much. There's nothing to talk about here regarding coconut or <laughs> no nope. um, mounds bars or anything. Like or that. what else did I call it? Was <laughs> not coconut, but when I oatmeal. There's no oatmeal. <laughs> I do detect a little Girl Scout oatmeal <laughs> cookie in here. <laughs> Not. Uh, All right. So what do we do today, boys? Another field trip. Mm-hmm. Yep. We spent far too much time together. <laughs> oh. So it, it was your idea, right, Fred? Mm, well, or, it was... Or, 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 well, now no, just no, looking no. at me like... Well, it was now. my idea to use it as the cultural topic, yes. but it was Nob's... The driving force to oh, okay to participate in this little field trip we took today. All right, it's always fun getting out. Tattoo All right, so Nobs, where where did we go prior to podcast tonight? Uh, so we ventured to East Side Tavern, a little place. Frank's, 
Frank's Eastside Tavern, a little place in Mount Clemens. If you didn't know it was there, you would just drive right past it. Um, co-worker told me about it a few months ago, actually. Said they're known for really great burgers, and I brought it up. And uh, Fred, there was some history to it that you would let us know about, as far mm-hmm. as it being what a speakeasy back in the day, I think. Yeah, actually, the the, the tavern back in the twenties, nineteen twenties, it was a blind pig or a blind tiger. Uh, in other words, an, uh, an illegal place of getting alcohol, and it, it, it's interesting. It's a 100-year-old farmhouse, and the basement was the speakeasy. That, that's where, for 13 years during the Prohibition era, they were serving alcohol illegally. So, Yeah, that's the part that is the restaurant bar today. Yes. And, you know, you walk into, um, I don't even know what those things are called. They're... they're, they're like the door that goes then down root into cellar. the basement. It's like a ah, root cellar. It's, it's yes. a root yeah. cellar. Uh-huh. And you walk in there, and it's a very low ceiling, uh, about 6'1", maybe, maybe 6'1". No, six no, no. I'm 5'9". I'm oh, okay. And so, it was an inch to two inches yeah, it was about above an inch. my head. Right, right. Yeah. I, I barely had to just raise up on my, my toes, and I was touching, and I'm pretty short. Yeah, that that's an old farmhouse. Yeah. It's a 100-year-old farmhouse. I still couldn't reach the top. <laughs> but... <laughs> It's an old farmhouse, a hundred-year-old farmhouse, and those type of basements are typically known as Michigan basements Mm -hmm. where they're barely six feet, and usually they're dirt floors or whatever. And maybe back then when it was a speakeasy, maybe they actually had a dirt floor, you know, with a true Michigan basement. I don't know. But they got it tiled recently. That's what I saw. (laughs) But still, it it was... If you're six foot tall, your head is hitting the uh-huh. ceiling. Yeah, yeah, you're and, a much And shorter, the, yeah. the overall dimensions of the place is only like 15 feet by 30 feet. And uh, another interesting thing is that Frank yeah. still lives up in the farmhouse above it, above the bar, so it's kind of cool. Well, how old is he? Frank? I have no idea. Well, it can't be the original Frank. No, well, Frank, <laughs> it was in 1983, I think, when Frank bought the place. Isn't that what it was? Okay, so it was, it was it was the it was the East East Side Tavern before it was Frank's East Side Tavern. Yes, 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 yes. All right, but the the, the real story here, because you know our, our listeners in, in Turkey are never going to get the Frank's <laughs> East Side Tavern, although they should, is really just the the whole idea of the speakeasy or the blind pig, right? Yes, I mean it's it's pretty one of the things that came to mind when. You were telling me about the, when this this topic came up was did you ever get out to Spike's place in Tahoe? No, no, no. There's a he he has a photo of his uncle in a speakeasy back in like I think it's the night Prohibition uh, ended ended, and there's a there's a black and white photo and he can point to his uncle and say here he is at the bar. Getting a drink at the local speakeasy uh, in in Lake Tahoe. So that was still an illegal drink. Or well, was it legal? I, you know, I guess it's right there on the timeline, right? That the, yeah, the, the, we go over mid, midnight. It's the not, last illegal drink. But you know, very. What a weird time to think about when drinking was illegal in the United States. 
It's it's freak posturous. <laughs> I don't know. We're drinking in the basement right now. <laughs> oh, good point. This is Fred's speakeasy. <laughs> and and it was crazy that 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 whole thing went on. And of course, it was wacko religious stuff that pretty much caused that. Yeah, the and the, and 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 the right had a hold of something. They had political power at the time. Yes. That you know, the same thing can happen today. You know, don't give them any ideas. <laughs> no, they, no, no. They're listening to not us. about not about alcohol. Oh, they better not. But they did it. You know, they they they've done it with certain drugs, and they'll do it with you know reproductive rights or voting rights or whatever. So it's it's not so absurd <laughs> to think. You know, um, I I just find it so absurd that. For 13 years, it was illegal to drink in the United States. And nobody States. knew about it? <laughs> well, it, it wasn't illegal to drink alcohol during Prohibition. It was legal to sell it ah, in yeah. like a bar setting. Yeah. So, I mean, you could sit home and drink your moonshine or whatever. But you couldn't buy it at the grocery but store, But you couldn't you? go out and purchase it. Right. Okay. So that was that was the prohibition part because you could drink alcohol. You just couldn't. It couldn't be sold in a place like. A no, bar no. What about a grocery store? Could you buy canned beer? I don't know. Did they? Well, I would assume store? distribution and manufacturing was illegal. Yeah, I think I don't think you could drink alcohol because that was the basis of the start of NASCAR. Was NASCAR? People, <laughs> yeah, people were running moonshine and they had their souped-up cars. <laughs> and then it was after the end of Prohibition that they took those cars and started racing them. That's were not, they that, drinking? That sounds like urban lore. Were no. they drinking? Well, it's NASCAR. Yes, of course. That sound that doesn't. I'm gonna I'm gonna fact check that. Go ahead, fact check it. I think that sounds like lore. As a former NASCAR fan, <laughs> I, I know. Former. So why did you quit? Because <laughs> it became legal. <laughs> <laughs> why would you give up on that? Oh man, this is so screwed up. <laughs> it's very screwed up. Uh, so I, I get the idea why they call them uh, speakeasies because they were. You know, they had to stay hidden, right? So, you know, they wanted people to talk softly while they were in these places. Um, the blind pig, I, I, I was trying to think, are they try- does that mean it's hidden from the cops, right? The, the, the derogatory term towards mm-hmm. police. Officers. No. The reason they call them blind pig is because one of the ways that they got around the laws of prohibition... And, and to your point, Fred, they couldn't charge for alcohol, but they could give it away free. So it became, come see my attraction. Like, you want to see my blind pig? <laughs> oh, is that where it came from? That'll cost you a dollar, and I'll give you a free drink. Oh, really? So they're, they're paying for the attraction, and same thing with Blind Tiger. They're paying for the attraction and not the drink. Hmm. But where they would get the alcohol? See, that's, I guess maybe I, maybe I got to do some reading about prohibition. Maybe it might be my next book. Well, I lost my hot spot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Fred. As you look for your hot spot, <laughs> I will tell you a contemporary story about a blind pig, and that's something that someone said to me about it. There is a blind pig in my neighborhood. 
And you don't really think about these illegal or illicit drinking establishments being around today, but they do exist. And some Google searches came up with some different things about them. One of the things I thought was kind of funny is it, it, it listed blind pigs and speakeasies mostly in New York. But I'm thinking to myself, well, if you're listing them, they're really not blind, right? The, the whole idea is that no one knows they're there, right? Thrillist, who we've used before as a source, they had an article, the 23 best secret bars in the world. Oh, well, ma- makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> they're now on the internet. Yes, so, they are. Yeah. I want to know where the 24th best <laughs> secret bar in the world is. And it might be on 15 Mile Road. <laughs> we went to one up in Traverse City, remember? I do remember. You do. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for backing me up for a change. You're always taking his side. He, he was looking for your hot spot. <laughs> what? I thought you were going into yours. Well, I was, but I was interested oh, in what, what, what you guys I'm, were saying about it. Yeah, so uh, Traverse City actually has, I think, two of them up there. And we went to one of them. So how did you know about them? Well, oh, well, no, these, these are just, these are commercial, get you in, touristy things. They These what? were, these were just a true speakeasy, speakeasy um, blind pigs back in the day. Yeah, no. Prohibition, but you, you kind of play, it's sort of like a cosplay kind of thing where you, you got to come up to That's the door. Bit. Nah. Yeah. It's so, hokey. hokey. You got to give them a password. So I found out actually word of mouth. I was getting my hair cut before our trip, and I was telling the ladies like, "Yeah, I'm going to Traverse City for the weekend with some friends." She's like, "Oh, well, there's a speakeasy up there." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, okay. Well, tell me more, <laughs> please." Ooh, well, and she gave me the information for it, and I had to go online to the website and register a time, and then they email you a special password to get in. Okay. All right, so they have a website. So you go get a website. Yeah, <laughs> it's on the internet. It's very clandestine. <laughs> it's on the dark web. Yeah, the dark. We had to go to the dark web to find this. Dot, dot, it's a good dot, thing that not know how to go to the blind. Traverse the dark City web. Speakeasy. Yeah. So you go there. Com. And it's set up like a tea shop. This the storefront. Oh is. yeah, that's right. A tea yeah. shop. Oh yeah. yeah. Tea. It's a tea shop. What's a tea shop? Tea. They sell tea. Oh, like, you know, uh, like, dark, like oh, hard healing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go gray in there, flannel. and they have you know, shelves with Earl different types flannel. of teas. There's a register in the corner, and there's a guy in a suit standing there, and you tell him that you're there for the speakeasy, and he asks for the password. He calls on downstairs, and a fake wall opens up. Ah, and like the hostess James comes up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. See, that, that's all, though. Takes you downstairs. It's Disneyland compared to what's going on near my house. Right, yes. <laughs> and there's a, a very 1920s bar down there, and you're getting drinks that are very high octane and trying to mix to make them taste better, and they don't. <laughs> no, what I'm talking about, and they, I guess they exist, is there is an illegal bar in my town not too far i went to a bachelor party so someone had rented it out for a bachelor party and so friends of friends uh <clears throat> you know knew about it or did, you know did they rent it on the internet uh, no no okay. and it was interesting when i got the when i got the address and i thought to myself well it doesn't exist no, but there's an address 
uh, and I thought, well, there's nothing like a bar. You know, the, where, where would this be on this road? Because this address, and I, I, I even went so far as to getting onto um, uh, Google Streets, and I'm driving up and down on Google Streets looking for something that looks like you could hold a bachelor party, and I don't want to uh, say what his cover business is, right? But there is a cover business. And within that cover business, there's some aluminum sheds in the back. And so, you know, when we showed up at the address, we walk into this place. And, I, you know, it's a big shed, and I wasn't expecting what I saw when I walked in. Open the door. It's a full-on sports bar. Big screen TVs, bar, beer bottles behind, couches, tall tops, bar stools, paraphernalia everywhere. And then he also has a craps table and blackjack that you can play against the house with. Gambling too, eh? Ga- gambling too. True gambling. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you play against the house. He the the owner deals. I don't know if he deals all the time, <clears throat> but if he's around, he deals. And you know, you you can either rent it out or he says it's open most Sundays for football. Um but you know, we asked him about well, what about the cops, you know, because he does not have a liquor license. It's mm. not a bar, and he said, "I keep them happy; they keep me happy." Mm. You know, he said, "There's been in the 20 years that he's been doing this, he, he makes quite a bit of income from it. Mm-hmm. That's why he does it." You know, he says it, it. His other business, you know, pays for itself and pays, you know. The bills and everything he gets from this is all the fun money, you know. Uh, it's how he spends most of his winters uh, down in Cabo <laughs> is, is basically what it does. And uh, <clears throat> he said, yeah, it's uh, uh, in 20 years they've had two incidents, you know. He's like, he said 10 years ago there, there was a little gunplay in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody got shot in the leg or something. But So it is kind of bad, but, it you know... Other than that, you just drive by and think this is just a normal street, normal establishment. I've been wanting to go back on a Sunday to see what it's like if it's an open door just on on Sundays. And and you know, we asked him, well, who goes? And he said, uh, people that know about it. He's not afraid of people knowing about it. But the only people that you know usually come here are people that know about it, and then they tell two friends, and so on and so on and so on. Hmm. Here's the question. Here's what my stepmother said to me today. Why would you go there? Why would you go there versus going to a bar? And I thought to myself, what would be the point of even having a speakeasy today? I mean, you can stay open later, right? I guess that would be one draw. Um, I I don't know what time they close. I guess maybe just because the whole danger of it all. I guess. guess. Wait for the cops to break in. The beers were cheap and you could do a little gambling. You know? Well, there you go. You answered your own question. I guess so. But is that enough of a draw? Yeah. You know, I, I, I suppose. Probably just because you feel like you're doing something naughty and nasty. and Right? No? Yeah. Okay. I like like a massage party? <laughs> the, the or- In Florida? <laughs> the Orca of Asia? How close to Mar-a-Lago? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not going to pursue that line of thought. Anyways. Um, you know, but I don't know yet. You know, to our listeners, right? Do you have speakeasies near you? Do you have blind pigs? Illegal? I, I know Keystone knows of a couple. I will guarantee you, in Philadelphia, 
That's got to be the hotbed of illegal bars. <laughs> you would think. <laughs> you would think. I've uh, only been there once, but you would think. Yeah. <laughs> I bet there's a few in Detroit. Mm. Speakeasies in Detroit. And they're, they're pretty big on running alcohol. I mean, just call it like an after-hours place. Yeah. Right? I mean, it was an after-hours place. It, it, that would be the same thing as a blind pig. But anyway, to our listeners, if you want to give us some feedback on speaking, not, not to name them, right? We want to keep them secret, but just if you know of them, if yeah. you know of real legitimate <clears throat> blind pigs or speakeasies or after-hour joints in, in your neighborhoods, like to know if, if, this yeah. is a, if this is a cultural issue that we need to explore deeper or is this just a Southeast Michigan problem. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know. Mail at pottomsup.com. <laughs> All right. Well, we had a good time at uh, Frank's. Frank's, and we'll do a shout-out on yep. the uh, social media. Yep, and Pottoms Up. Pottoms Up. Out. We're out. Because, baby. Cause baby